0: Welcome to the Road to Seven Podcast, guiding and supporting entrepreneurs along their road to
1: seven figures and beyond. Here's your host, Sheila Cummins. Welcome back to the Road to Seven Podcast. My name is Sheila Cummins, and I love supporting women entrepreneurs just like you to launch, grow, and scale their business. Today, I want you to meet a woman who you need to be paying attention to. She is a trailblazer and an innovator and is changing the landscape of digital marketing for financial tech companies here in Canada. Susan Diaz is the founder and chief content strategist at C++ Digital, a digital marketing agency with a strong focus on delivering effective content as a tool for conversion Susan has a fully grown-up human's amount of experience in content on every side of the marketing table. Advertising, broadcast, corporate, digital, long before it became required reading. She began her full-time entrepreneurial journey in 2011 as a new mom and recent immigrant to Canada. As a solopreneur, she focused on creating content in different formats with the intent of showcasing skill and voice for some of the most boring industries in the content world. She's evolved into a digital marketer with a deep niche knowledge in finance, technology and health. Her team vision involves blurring the lines between agency and client, creating a model that brings senior talent together in a way that prioritizes flexibility, accountability, and growth. Susan is a strong advocate for West End Toronto Living, where she lives with her husband and seven-year-old. She's a non-preachy vegetarian, and in a past life, she was a chocolatier. True story she can make hand-painted truffles. Today, we're going to be looking at an innovative way of building your team called Flexibly Committed. In the new age and new way of doing business, Susan has captured this template and is sharing it with you in hopes that you can implement it as you grow your team. We also are sharing two fantastic resources. One is a simplification tool for small business digital marketing and secondly a pricing tool for small business. So if you are in small business and you're trying to figure out how to price your services then you need this tool. Without further ado let's dive into the conversation with Susan. Thank you for having me Sheila. So excited to chat about this. Oh, I'm excited too. I know you and I have had quite a few conversations about the business growth side and what works for you. And tell us a little bit about how you came to be the CEO and founder of C++ Digital. You've had an incredible business story.
0: Yes, it's been, um, I mean, I can't sometimes believe that it's actually been five years that I've been moving through this. The journey started with uh, me being an independent content creator. So my background is writing of various types, whether it was copy or corporate communication. So that was the easy break into the flexible of freelance lifestyle. And so I started to do content creation in the written form for a few companies, for a couple of agencies, and things like that. And then it went well. And at one point, I was faced with the choice of—I mean, I had good advice along the way. One of them was my a, a member of the family who said to me when you hit 50%, you need to start thinking about whether you will go into a model where people will book your time into the future, or you're going into a model which is going to involve
1: other people, right? So extending bandwidth. When your roster is 50% full, that's sort of a decision point. And what what way are you going to go? What journey are you going to take? What model are you going to apply to your growth? Exactly.
0: So... I thought through that for a while, and I think I came up with the answer that my decision was that I wanted to go in the increasing bandwidth direction, which means in you know, taking on a leadership role, bringing more people, setting more systems. That was more my interest rather than having a calendar with fixed dates and times and booked out into the future. So that's what I did. I went down that path, and C++ Digital was born. We, along the way, as I was creating, I realized that different formats were necessary to get through the social algorithms. You know, if you keep writing 500 word blog posts, your traction stops. So I was like, how can we create in different formats and make that available to people at the same price point in the end as writing, right? So, and that was a bit disruptive at the time, I think, and that helped. I mean, people were shocked that you would give them a video, or anything for the same price as an article that went well. And then we scaled it up. I got a few people along the way that I trusted. And that's where the model was born of flexibly committed. We'll come back to that in a second. Mm -hmm. Um, And C plus B digital was basically content led. Like how can we make content accountable? How can you have better, more consistent converting content? And the audience for this was B2B and it tended to be heavily in the finance, fintech, health technology space, because they're the ones who are churning out a whole lot of content and they need for it to be performing a whole lot better than what they were seeing and i was able to show them really quick results and that helped us grow so the model started from there now we're a full-fledged digital marketing agency Uh, our focus is content um, which is the cornerstone of most things it has to either be written or created or designed first so our bread and butter comes from these finance fintech and um, health tech companies Um, but we're also growing the side of our business which is you know part that I'm deeply passionate about, which is helping other female entrepreneurs like me, because I mean, I started with like, I'm just one person on a couch, but here I am. Right. And it's some days I'm like, how did that happen? It happened because I made conscious decisions along the way. And I've broken that down into a few things and I'd like to be able to, And so what we're growing is that side of the business where we serve this audience, the smaller and medium sized businesses, That are looking to access the larger business models that are working for the finance and fintech companies, but maybe in the past they haven't been available to you at those price points, right? So that's where we are, the innovation workshops, the unblocking sessions, the growth mindset sessions, that kind of stuff. We're starting to work with um, the smaller and medium-sized businesses.
1: I love it. And, you know, one thing I want to just put on the table here is your business growth has really come through being an innovative trailblazer. Trying new things with digital content and getting great results, which then impacted the growth of your company because more people wanted those results. And also how you actually grew the structure of your agency and you made that shift from being a solopreneur to having a team, but where you innovatively took a turn is on how you grew your team. And this is where that concept that I find so fascinating is of this flexibly committed business growth model. Tell us a little bit about what that means and what it looks like on a day-to-day basis and why you shifted to that agency model.
0: So flexibly committed, first, can I just say the name comes from, in general, my love for oxymorons. I like to put things together that that are the opposite, because it almost, um, the word play signifies that you've thought through all ends of it, right? So um, we used to toss this around, the couple of us that started out doing things on an ongoing basis. Um, and the root of all of it was need. It's like, oh, I have to take this on. If I take this on, I have to have x amount of hours of somebody to deliver it I don't have it it has to come from somewhere it has to come from somewhere that I deeply trust it has to be someone who can deliver my level of service so that's where flexibly committed came which is that once I'd found a couple of people that I wanted to work with I wanted to be sure that I had access to them on on an ongoing basis so um Let's say one of my larger fintech clients or finance clients um, is used to working with X, Y, Z in my company. I can't show up next month with someone else and be like, you know, here's who's available. So that's where the committed part of it. Where's the flexible? Quite simply, it's not full time. So I forged all these relationships with these people who are on my team and not even one of them is full time.
1: Right. And so in just straight talk and Sheila talk, what you did is instead of hire permanently, where you are paying, you know, large full time salaries, where you're still, you know, acquiring clients and, and your client load flexes from month to month, you have a committed team of people who are a okay, having flexible hours, but who you know, are committed to C plus B digital. And that I think is amazing.
0: Yes, I think what I look at it as is I put my money where my mouth is. If I want access to you, I need to be able to pay you. Okay. I'm not taking on the full time role, like you said. I'm not taking on the, the payroll and the management and the employee engagement that exists, but not in that full time basis. Instead, what I'm doing is coming up with my numbers, being clear what it is that I can afford on each project, and then m- Committing to myself and to that person that I will make that level of business available to them on an ongoing basis. That works on a few levels. One, it helps them. uh, In many cases, the people that work in this model are not, we're all in the gig economy, but we have different levels of comfort, right, with the gig economy. One of the biggest things that I hear, and I'm pretty sure you've come across this, is the part of the gig that you hate is getting the gig, Right, it's hard to go out there and find the business on an ongoing basis, and many people love that—that's taken out of it for them. Right. So when they come to me and I'm committing to 10 hours or 20 hours or 40 hours a week or whatever it might be, they've got a commitment. So you don't have to be out there in the market trying to find more work. So it's like having a job, but it's not like any job, you know, because you don't have to show up to an office and stay there, you know, nine to five. You work best at 12 at night. You know, God bless you. You go ahead and do that to that point, I have one of the, um, one of the components of the business, which is the web build. I've mentioned before that this guy doesn't wake up until noon. So don't set up any calls till 2.30. 2
1: <laughs> right. And so again, like, I just, I want to take this concept because I think it has so much opportunity for some of the smaller business people that are listening, who are growing their team, is they keep people on a retainer you keep people on a retainer and commit a small number of hours to them a month which is non-negotiable they also are probably available for more hours and so you know that you can rely on them but you don't care when they show up And I think the piece that I really want to dig into here is who that person is that you have on your team, because it is someone who's really good at one of the skills that you deliver. So be it a writer, a copywriter, a web developer, digital image creator, I guess we'd call that a graphic designer, you know, all of these skills that go into your larger digital content marketing packages, but they actually don't want to be building their own business. They don't want to do their own marketing. They just want a sure thing each and every month and some months they get more. Have I understood you? Yes,
0: you have understood me. Again, there's levels of maturity to this and I'm still experimenting with many parts of it, but what it makes available is exactly that. You have your, your base model of a certain amount of work, committed to you no matter what. Yeah. In many cases, in terms of the core team that I have with me, that commitment is pretty high. It comes with the side of coming first, if that makes sense. Yeah. So if, I, if you do have an arrangement in which more than half your time is with me already and I need 75% of your time, chances are you will put me first on your prioritization list.
1: Right, right. Which immediately Serve gives you, the hand that feeds you the first, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly.
0: It's the same with the clients as well, right? Like your largest client calls, you go. So it's the same thing that you're taking down, I guess. Why is this different is one of the things I've asked myself. Isn't everyone doing this? Isn't, how, isn't this how it goes? Um, it really isn't. And here's why not. I don't think that that synergy and that putting supply with demand has happened as much as it could. And that's why I'm sort of passionate about talking about this. And I want more people to hear it is that when you talk to people and explain what you're trying to do, there will, many people came along the way who would be like, oh, I know this person and he's really interested in doing this. And I know this girl and she's recently quit and she's doing this. And it just it just organically brings names your way. But that was the only way I got it because there was no other access. I can't go and Google people if I wanted to hire. And if I wanted to have a full-timer, there's no way that budget would fit into my current needs. Like not full-timer times five, it's not going to happen. So the kind of person, again, to go back, To your question about who does it attract, it attracts that that committed gigger. You want to make a living on your own flexible terms, right? You perhaps don't love the act of getting business as much as you know somebody else who would build their big business. The other thing is you probably like deep relationships because if not, you just move from one to the next and keep going, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one factor. And the other part of it that, that I have factored into it, which is really more of a system, is doing things to see what type of personality fits. So, for example, the Colby system. I have clients of mine and people I've worked with, consultants along the way, who, like, you know, sung its praises about how the Colby system helps you to naturally sort people's um, strengths and stuff. So we, at a very early stage, were like, okay, so many people have recommended it to us, let's try it out. So we tried it on a few people, and we pretty much have a formula for what works. It's like there's a certain kind of person that likes our culture, that likes our culture of continuous learning, So because that's something I make available in this model. It's not just your committed 10 hours or 20 hours or 40 hours, it's training in the system that I deliver. And that doesn't just mean here are 10 things you need to do. Here's your funnel for three emails. It's really more, what is that thinking that we deliver? How is it that we go into every meeting and solve the problem? You know, because there is a formula. At the end of it, we follow a certain ordered way of strategic thinking. And that is taught to them, which is huge. Mm -hmm. But The other benefit is they get to work on bigger accounts than than you would if it was just on your own. Right. Because I have access by virtue of the fact that I've increased the size of the business to a larger level of business. Now, suddenly, instead of working on a, on a $500 blog post at this level for a small B2B company, you're working on a $50,000 digital project for a much larger company. And that's attractive to them. I love it.
1: So take us through the three things that we can do today to start implementing this model in a structured way into our companies and our businesses. So if you wanted to apply this
0: to your business, like where would you start? How would you start thinking about outsource on something other than a need basis? The first thing to my mind is, um, and it sounds a little cliched, is, is getting into the right headspace, right? So you got to first let go of that idea that everything needs to be you or everything needs to be one assistant or whatever your current model is. Just take your head a little bit above that. It doesn't have to be that. It, ha- it can be something
1: much cooler. So- hang on, hang on. You mean we have to actually acknowledge that someone else might be good at doing things in our business? <laughs> (laughs) That's pretty much where it starts.
0: Yeah, yeah, start there, you know, put in place a plan. And I know you and I have talked, Sheila, about like having a real plan in terms of what you're trying to achieve, percentages towards, you know, what you can afford financially as part of your business plan. Get started with the planning. And one of the best places I think to start is what are you good at? stay within the places that you're good at. And one of the books, I think, I know we agree on this, is is The Big Leap is a great way to start. Because it goes through the idea of a person and their zone of competence, their zone of excellence, and their zone of genius. So obviously, it makes the most sense for you to stay in the place that you're best at and start your outsourcing journey with some of the things that you're more uncomfortable doing, right? Like, So if finance isn't your thing, then get started with a committed journey of getting that off of your plate and on to someone else's in an accountable way. The second thing is that you need to analyze your, your finances. Yeah, Every, um, always, right? Yes, because you don't know what you have to spend um, until you have put your numbers together. And here's what I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say, you always have more to spend than you think you do when you do your numbers. I was doing a whole lot of stuff by myself in the beginning with no, no sort of value for my own time because it was just not costing me an end bill. But once I put together like, okay, I have 30% of this to spend on this and 30% to spend on X, Y, Z, instantly it empowers you, right? You show up powerfully and you're like, this is what I have. This is the amount of money. Now let me put together a job description and see what I attract for that job description in that budget.
1: You use a really cool tool for pricing your services, which allows you to analyze the hardcore cost of doing business, plus your cost of goods sold, plus uh, so that you can be looking at the profit margin so you can be putting out really strong proposals. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? A full disclosure: This is a tool that was
0: built with me as a pilot mm-hmm. um, along the way because I would struggle to to price things. As soon as someone asked me for a quote, there was like dark fear in my heart um, mm-hmm. because I don't know where to start. You know, how do I price this? It usually, needs to come from how long does this take and a scope. But it it was hard without fully understanding the value of your own time. We started by putting together a bunch of things, including you know what what is it what does it cost to wake up and show up at work. So whether that's the rent that we're paying towards the space that you're in, it's the supplies that you're purchasing. It's the fact that you will have a, you know, overheads in terms of the people you're paying for taxes, that kind of thing, which you don't really think about. And then you get a final figure of what it costs you per hour to show up to work. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you have to factor in, you know, the, the government of Canada is going to come by for taxes. You're going to have to factor in the fact that, you know, you need to have some type of profitability. If not, there's no point of doing this. Um, And then you have to pay yourself. So all of this is what this tool um, calculated. We've refined it over the years. And why is this a pricing tool? This is a pricing tool because once you factor in your numbers, what is your cost per hour? What is your outsource cost per hour? What is your, you know, tax percentage? And you put in these numbers over here, it will instantly give you a number of what will um, be a good amount to charge for that project?
1: Our audience actually gets to be one of the beta, beta testers of this the spreadsheet, don't they? You can test this. Um, we, we'd like
0: feedback. It's a super simplified tool, and the intention is to make it an app eventually, available to more people. But for now, it's meant for people like us. So, let you know we want people like us to use it and, and input into it. The other thing that it can also do is, let's say you've been given a project and someone has a budget. Um, how do you figure out whether that's an appropriate amount of money to to charge like someone comes by and says twenty thousand bucks for this then you are also able to plug that up top and then it'll give you a breakdown of the same figures That's and then amazing. it will be like this allows you this number of hours with a hundred dollars an hour and this number of hours and so that to me really enabled my flexibly committed journey massively because I it took the guesswork out of it mm-hmm. it's like can I now afford this strategist for this long yeah
1: well, I actually do I know I can so I love it. and and for the listeners there is a link le- down in the show notes where you can access that spreadsheet uh, that Susan's talking about so that you too can start playing around with it to see whether you're properly priced or not. Susan, what's the third thing that we do? And I would suggest this is the most challenging part of any business growth when it comes to team. My third tip
0: is that uh, we need to be thinking diverse. Mm -hmm. Um, I often like to say that the future of winning teams is virtual inclusive, and feminine. We touched earlier on who's attracted to these models and flexibility, when you talk flexibility, you're not talking your typical audiences. So why feminine? First of all, a lot of um, the, the talent that I had access to were moms because they are caregivers of different types because they want that flexibility. They need that flexibility. They need the hours to be to their terms. This and and they get dismissed a lot by the big companies. Those are the women who are like, Oh, you have to go to your sick children again. Like, Oh, you know, this is not my choice friend. I mean, this is, this is, part of what I signed up for in my life. So so that's one one audience for sure is like look for the women who are really out there to get their voices heard, to make a living on their own terms. And they perhaps don't have access to as much, you know, as many gigs as as they would hope. So that's one place to look. Virtual. Why virtual? Because so many people want to work remotely unless you're um, in a client-facing job where you're required to be in face-to-face there's no reason why you need an office or a desk or any of that so think about virtual teams what that does for the bottom line is that it's a whole lot cheaper when you don't have to pay for the office and for the equipment and for things like that Um, you're immediately able to put that into actual intellectual dollars as i like to call it like the person who serves you gets paid as opposed to overheads so virtual is always a way to go There are a lot of different calibers of what too genetically called online business managers out there. You know, they can deliver different levels of service, whether that's personal assistance or, you know, more advanced work. Like, for example, one of the members of my team, when I found her three years ago, um, she would call herself a virtual assistant. And I called her that for way too long, I'm ashamed to say. But now, with the systems that we've taught and the things that she's learned out of her own continuous improvement, she's better than most of the digital marketers on my big fintech teams. So really, if you provide the models for learning and the models for um, working together conducively in that culture, looking virtually
1: is a great place to go. I love it. I also, there's also two other groups of places where you like to go and find some hidden talent for your yeah. team. I have to say, I quite admire it, and I love it, and it is something I do as well. The people who've been marginalized. So um,
0: I often think that you know, immigrants is a big overlooked section yes. of talent, and it's, it's it's obviously close to my heart because it's my own personal story. People helped me along the way, yes. and it's a way of paying it forward. But yes, look into the um, look into newcomers to Canada. Like often they don't have the connections or the infrastructure to to be able to find what they're looking for. They bring a whole lot of like shall we say seniority experience life wisdom but they're willing to start at a lower level because they want to learn the ways of the market and they're probably not getting access i mean many of them are unemployed for many months and in many cases they they take on arrangements with just to keep bills paid for mm-hmm. right i mean people come here and take jobs as baristas and service staff you don't need to if you've got a certain caliber of offering this model supports
1: that. Yeah, so I'm overly found, skilled and undervalued exactly. so that's with people who can fully support you. Why is uh, women so important here? Because I think, I mean, it, it, it was me. It is me. You know, yeah. people
0: give, like, again, as I said, paying it forward, people open doors for me just because they thought what I was doing was cool. And it took me longer than them to realize what I was doing is cool. And now I'm like, I want to bring other people along for, For that journey, growth exists. I want to pass along any lesson I have. And I think women do sort of like undersell themselves in that area. We're so modest and we're so like, oh, you know, anyone can do that. No, anyone can't. You can do it exceptionally well. Women bring with them a level of emotional intelligence, which is becoming the next wave of communication and marketing as far as I'm concerned. Feminine is important to me.
1: I love it. Susan, thank you so much for just opening our eyes and pushing and challenging our concept of a a business model that can be flexibly committed, where we are capitalizing on that concept of we live in an age of a gig economy where not everybody wants full-time, secure, nine-to-five jobs, and there are so many talented, skilled people who would love to be working on flexible hours with a part-time relationship business growth model. Down in the show notes, again, you can access the pricing app that Susan talked about. She also is sharing a content calendar, which will help you simplify your digital universe and funnel your content into very strategic small business, strategic digital offerings. Both of those links are in the show notes. Susan, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your thoughts and for having this great conversation. And we look forward to learning more about Flexibly Committed as a business model and to watching you because I know you are a woman to watch in the Canadian entrepreneur space right now. Thank you, Sheila. It's been a pleasure. Consider this announcement your save the date invitation to power up live my two-day in-person retreat held here in Toronto, Canada at the beautiful Globe and Mail Center, where for two days, we are going to focus in deep on your business so that you're set up for success to end 2019 powerfully and you're set up to gain momentum in 2020. Save the date for September 26th and 27th so that you can come and be a part of the Power Up Live event. Thank you for listening to the Road to
0: 7 podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes so you don't miss an episode. To learn more, visit SheilaCummins.com for more support along your road to seven figures and beyond in your business. See you next time.